when Jesus heard him, <laughs> when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still like one thing, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Okay. Wow. Very deep. Luke, Luke 18, 18 to 30, right? Just wanted to start with that to make clear that we have a lot of options. So many. And what you choose to adopt as your worldview is going to shape a lot of what you believe in, right? Here's what you can't do. You can't take a worldview that totally contradicts what you're trying to achieve, right? And this verse that I read is just to give you an example, right? Because nowadays we have a lot of Christians or so-called Christians and professing Christians that want to say they're Christians, but live a lifestyle that has nothing to do with Christianity. Right. So if you want to follow all of those things as, as we're going to approach today, critical theory and liberation theology, you, you are free to do it, right? But don't think for a second that you're a Christian. Well, you the only, and, you nail right in the head the right only, in the beginning. No, the only, the only difference between you and the young rich ruler is that he had the honesty to say that he cannot follow Christ. He did not try to tamper with the Bible. He said, I cannot do it. And he walked away sadly. So if you want to walk away sadly, it's your choice. But we're here to try to give you a good perspective on critical theory and liberation I, theology. I, I have so many problems already. I know, right? You are not interpreting that verse right. through the eyes of the poor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Don't Listen to This Podcast. Well, <laughs> Today we're going to talk about liberation theology or as... Uh, I would like to call it the dam damnation theology. Yeah. Because that will definitely send you to hell. And you are so well, You did the same thing. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to say definitely send you to hell. But listen, the chances are high. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 let me just start by, by... I don't even know how to begin. We have so many verses and so many things to talk about. And I'm sure that Louise is more prepared than I am <laughs> this time. No. <laughs> no, but I, want, I just want to read this thing. Because it, mm -hmm. I think the crux of the matter in liberation theology is something that I saw in someone's Instagram. There's so many things in someone's... I have so many I saved in here. I screenshot all the time. Yeah. But it, here's the thing. In a book called Locating the Self... In Mujerista theology, which is one of those insane things from Latin America. So many bad things come from Latin America. 100%. And then <laughs> this is what it's like. just so bad, man. Mm. I, we, we both came from there. So we, we know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you we are seeing yeah. right now with your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it says this. Though I was not articulate. Though I was not too articulate it until years later. It was then that I began to realize that the lived experience of the poor and the oppressed was, was to be the source of my theology, the grounding for what I believe about God and the basis for understanding what God asks 
of me. That's an it's an incredible statement for someone to say that it wasn't until they understood the struggle of the poor and the oppressed that they could not form a theology about who God is. Right. That 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 it's a, it's, it's, a, it's amazing to me because when Moses was in the desert and he saw a burning bush. God gave him his name. Okay, because he's like, okay, God, but who are you? What do I? T when I tell, when I go there to tell, he was like finding excuses, right? When I go there to tell them who who sent me, what do I say? And God didn't say, my name is the poor, my name is the oppressed, my name is the one who's gonna be who's gonna suffer. Even though that's really prophecy about Jesus mm -hmm. all over the Bible, mm -hmm. he said. I am. And from that name, all the theology about God can come from it. There's nothing that, that comes from there. Like, like it, it, it's, it's unbelievable that people... Another thing I saved here that is like, you know, I, I have to read it to you because... It, you know, the thing is, it's just such a nice, it's a nice feel-good thing. Mm -hmm. And it says this, if you want to know what will sustain you even in the dark... It is having a word from God. Now, let me tell you something. It is true. A word from God will sustain you. And you have it. It's everywhere. It's on the internet for free. It's called right. the Bible. This is the, the word from God. So when people say that they have to understand the plight of the poor to understand who God is. No. <laughs> More exactly, yeah. yes. 783,137 words from God for yeah, you. I love how you go and search okay. that. <laughs> you go and search that. But I mean, unless you have the, the passion, then you might have a million because yeah, there's a lot of yeah. added stuff. No, but it's only the New Testament. Yeah. They didn't bother <laughs> translating the Old Testament because the guy who translated them doesn't even know how to translate the Bible, really. Right. But he so, worked with missionaries, right? That guy is such a fraud and it's... It ticks me off that people listen to that thing as a Bible. Right. Anyway, but yeah. that's not what we're talking back about to the, today. Yeah, back, back, to the topic, back to the topic. <laughs> now, one thing that should, I want to... Should we define what, what um, liberation theology is? Yes. Yes. So I kind of gave an introduction because what I said is kind of the crux of the matter here. But it's basically from this website called godquestions.org. It says this. Liberation theology is a movement that attempts to interpret scripture through the plight of the poor. True followers of Jesus, according to liberation theology, must work toward a just society, bring about social and political change, and align themselves with the working class. Jesus, who was poor himself, focused on the poor and downtrodden, and any legitimate church will give preference to those who have historically been marginalized or deprived of their rights. All church doctrine should grow out of the perspective of the poor. Defending the rights of the poor is seen as the central aspect of the gospel. That's kind of like a, of course, it's very incomplete, but we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. But that's kind of like a, a summary. Now, you have something to say about that? Not really. You you said it all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, the thing that is important for us to notice here mm -hmm. is that usually there are a lot of differences between Christianity, like within Christianity. So you have... You have some people that are Pentecostals and you yep. have people that are Baptists and Presbyterians. Yep. 
but some things are almost set in stone, right? You can get a Baptist and a Presbyterian and they're going to agree in at least 90% of people. And one of the main things that people try to say to temper with the Bible is to relativize it. Right. To, to, to make it as if anything can be interpreted by anyone. Right. right. Uh, and not just reading it to, to get the content that's w within it. Right. And I feel like that's a big part of the issue to an extent that even the Catholic Church had to come out and be against liberation theology. Even though even though their, their Pope, their right now, pope. <laughs> even though their current Pope is pretty much a Marxist, I blame it on him being Argentinian. But of course, everything, gosh, so right? much crap that comes out of, of Latin America. It's unbelievable. Right. But anyway. Yes. But anyways, just reading for you what the Catholic Church had to say about it. Because we're also going to say a lot of stuff, right? But Christians and Catholics don't see eye to eye in a lot of stuff. That's true. But this is something, I'm not going to say even, but like <laughs> that that we all agree on. Yeah, go right? ahead. So Tell us. Tell us all. They say, we're curious. They say, first and foremost, they're saying what, what should be actually understood. Right. First, they explained everything everything bad of liberation theology right. and then they give a, a quick summary of what what would be correct liberation is first and foremost liberation from the radical slavery of sin right its end and its goal is the freedom of the children of god which is the gift of grace yep like as a which logic, is amazing for a, it, a catholic church right, to say that right grace jeez luther broke the church because I'm, of that right <laughs> that's what i'm saying so Honestly, guys, broke or fixed, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, anyway, you have to you have to, <laughs> to break to to fix. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically, what it says here is that the theology of liberation refers first of all to a special concern for the poor and victims of oppression, which in turns begets a commitment to justice. And here is where I believe lies the problem. In a lot of a lot of it, right? Because I do believe, and I do know a lot of Christians and a lot of good Christians with great hearts that end up on the side of liberation theology and on the side of critical theory and on the side of social justice, mm -hmm. because there is not really a definition of what is justice, or 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 they believe that they mean something that they don't. Right. Right? So when you get a Christian saying, oh, yeah, they hear a word and they think it's good automatically. Right? Well, so social, social justice is a great word. Right? Who doesn't yeah. want justice for social, for the people? Right. <laughs> right? So I so, want justice for the people. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it, it kind of ends up being this thing that, wait, you're not for social justice? Right. You must be a racist. You're not anti-racist? Exactly. You, mu you must be okay. a racist. Honestly, that, that's something that, that needs to be tackled okay, as right well. Up. Right? Because <laughs> like, gosh, what have are, I done? You, are you... Uh, <laughs> do you think rape is good? No, of course not. Are you anti-rapist? What does that mean? <laughs> exactly. You don't need to say... Anything right. that you need to specify so much, there's probably some bias in there. You know, you're just trying to put your flag up you know, and say that you're better than anyone else because you're anti-racist. You're not anti-rapist or anti-murderer. 
You just know it's wrong. Right? Yeah. Well, some people know it's wrong and are formed it, in the womb. But anyway, we'll get to that whoa, point another day. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Okay. And they know yeah. it's wrong. They do. And the Holy Spirit's poking on their conscience, but they just choose to turn a blind eye. Yeah. Anyway. True. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did I did I silence you? Yeah. <laughs> you have no more words? <laughs> yeah. You, no, you, with you no just, speech. Without speech. Wow. Wow. Yeah. There, there's a lot to, to be said. The thing is, when it comes to it, I feel like people don't don't understand how hard it is to do this live because as soon as you mention one thing, eight different paths open. Yeah. Right? And you have to try to synchronize them so you can go through all of them. We're not going to go through all of them. <laughs> but we'll right, try. We'll do right. our best to do as much as we can. Right. But but yeah, so I believe that defining the terms is, is important. important, right? Because if, if they say, oh, I'm for social justice, okay, but... What does that mean? Exactly. And they're going to be like, well, I, something good, you know? Something like, good? I, yeah, like, I, I believe that, that people uh, should have blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, right. but and, and what is what is this justice? And what is this? I just want fairness. And that's the point. That's not social justice already. Right. Well, fairness is not even a biblical, a biblical concept. concept. <laughs> right? Well, except... Except that God... It depends. It depends how you define fairness as yeah. well. Justice. People who want fairness, they don't want fairness. No. They want to take things from people who have some mm-hmm. and give to the ones who don't. Yeah. And that comes from the assumption. That's not fairness. Oh, it's not. And and it comes from the uh, from the. Uh, the the thing is, they would say that it's fair because the people that have it don't deserve to have it. Right. It's exactly. Like from what standard? And exactly. What, and that's like, coming from the assumption but, that they took it from someone. Right. Right. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're yeah. gonna get. Yeah. yeah. Um. Diver. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Defining terms, fairness, social justice, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That's that's important for us to even... So that's why we started by defining mm-hmm. the main beliefs of uh, liberation theology. And I think everything comes down to epistemology. Epistemology is basically where you get the truth from. Generally, the people who are social justice warriors... Look at you with the big words already. Well, listen, right. I'm, I am doing a master's <laughs> in divinity. Sorry, I better sorry. know what I'm yeah, talking it, about. It's, it's, it's important to here. Oh, no, he's going to tell right? some fake story. No. I'm going to get some go. water. But we're not drinking whiskey, by the way, because I'm not allowed to. That's just true. water, okay? Yeah, not in front of the camera. He was just... No, excuse me. <laughs> Shut joking. up. I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm joking. Hey, continue. Uh, yeah. So Big just, words? Yeah, just, just a caveat here because we used to have those discussions, right? And I used to tell him stuff and I used to, to use those terms. And he used to be like, oh, no, that cannot be right. And then he would say what he believes in, and he would end up being that word. And then he's like, you see, that's why I'm going to do a Master in Divinity. And now he knows so many words that I have no idea what they are. Like, Listen, I, I, I believed am... on the things. I just didn't know I was reformed. <laughs> literally. I'm literally like... For so long, we have the craziest I'm a communist, and I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not... Yeah. <laughs> to some extent. Mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there there, there are there are definitely things. But anyway, this is not about me. This podcast is not about me. Stop True. telling stories yeah. about me. Yeah. Anyway, so let's it let's all go comes back. down to epistemology, which is mm-hmm. where you get the truth from. What generally happens is the people who are social justice warriors or believe or follow or believe that we need to understand the truth from the side of the poor, they don't believe that the Bible is the infallible, word of inspired, sufficient word of God. And basically what that means is that the Bible, maybe not the English translation, but the original text 
the translation is, you know, as much as, as accurate as we can get from the original text. But the original text of the Bible is, we believe, as Christians, <laughs> come on. I mean, where do you get your truth from? from? <laughs> as Christians, you have to believe that the Bible is the inspired final authority on all things pertaining to God and mm. doctrine, mm. right? And there's problems, that come, not problems, but there's questions that come, oh, how is it inspired? And oh, how do you believe that, that people wrote it? Yeah, but they were inspired by God. And the word there that, that uh, Paul uses in Timothy, I was actually listening to a podcast today about this, mm. Ligonier Ministries, R.C. Sproul. Oh, love Amazing. the guy. Love the guy. But the word there is like breathed out. It's like God, this ins- word for inspired there is that God breathed out and he's not like he used the people to like held, held his, their hands or anything but he inspired the people who wrote the bible to write the bible the only question that is valid when it comes to the bible and what's true is which books should be in the bible i think that's the only question that there's some merit in discussing but saying oh did is this really true no if you start discussing this part of the bible is not really true then you're not a christian anymore and you and and that's the mm-hmm. problem yeah and when he says what book should be in the bible is not in regards to taking books from the bible in regards to adding because well, the books that are here are, are rock uh, solid they are rock solid and there's a reason why they are part of the canon of the bible but there are other books they are not part of the canon that there is some value in arguing mm-hmm. should we take some truth from this or should we take from like I, there is value yeah. there but to to say that oh genesis is just poetry no it's not shut up it's not poetry that's the truth yeah. and if you want to believe in god that's the problem and and i think that is the crux mm-hmm. of the matter that people go they interpret the Bible. You know, you go to a Bible study and it's like, oh, let's read a text. You know, let's, for example, let's go to one of our favorites in uh, Amos, right? Mm-hmm. Amos, <laughs> Amos 5, 521 <laughs> to 24. I hate, I despise your feasts and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Now, this is the ESV, right? But if you're reading this in the message or some other demangled situation, then it's all very different. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. This is God talking to his, his own people, all right? Ba- basically saying, I despise your feasts and not accepting your offerings and the peace offerings of your fattened animals. I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen. Like God was mad. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but let justice roll down like waters in righteousness, like an ever flowing stream. And then there are translations of the Bible that translate this as like, I want justice. It's always what I want. It's fairness. It's rivers of it, whatever. The word for justice in the Bible, it can translate to both justice and judgment. Mm-hmm. I believe and I maintain that this verse God is saying, but let my judgment on you people roll down like waters. He's not, <laughs> not talking about, oh, mm-hmm. let social justice roll down like waters. In fairness, <laughs> righteousness in the Bible has a very specific meaning yeah. and it's not fairness. And mm-hmm. you can only translate to that if you have a demangled view of the world and a demangled mm-hmm. view of God and a demangled view of the Bible. Which is Because often you don't the case. believe in the Bible. Exactly, which is often the case. Now, now, I get, not, I get not, worked out when people not, mistranslate it's, the it's Bible. Jeez, man. And, and not coincidentally, <laughs> most people that I see posting atrocious things online are the people that least read it, right? Sometimes. Sometimes, Sometimes there are people who read it a lot and somehow still get it wrong because they go to a Bible study and say, oh, now we just read Amos. Sorry to interrupt you because I forgot to do, make my point. I got so annoyed. It's like, so what do you think this means to you? That's oh. not how you read the Bible, oh. okay? 
It, that's oh. not how you read the Bible. You read the Bible by understanding what it was meant by the, by the people who wrote it and to the people who it was written to. Yeah. And then when you understand that, Mm-hmm. then you get what he means to you because yeah. then you have something about God there that can apply mm-hmm. to you yeah. you know it's like that be- beautiful verse I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me it's talking about Paul is talking about I can be poor and have nothing to eat and I can have a lot I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me he's mm-hmm. not saying I can pass this test through Christ no that's not what he's saying yeah. and I believe you know if yeah, may God give you strength to pass a test amen but that's not what that what test that, that text about. is about you cannot take things out of context mm-hmm. and then claim that as a word for your life yeah. and declare it's not going to change anything if you declare with your mouth that mm-hmm. is dirty and filthy from a heart that is deceitful. Mm-hmm. Who cares, you people made of dust? Yeah. What's wrong with your people? <laughs> <laughs> great sprout, great sprout. Okay. Shout out. You should talk now. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. But the, the, the main thing with that would be that, especially when it comes to interpreting the Bible, they take this view because, as liberation theology says, you don't interpret the Bible only by what the Bible say. You got to take two things. So, first of all, interpreting the Bible by what it is by itself and not putting in your bias of your experiences was already hard. But that's that's part of the job, right? It comes with the territory. If you're a Christian, you're going to have to 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 read the Bible by what it means. And there are going to be a lot of things here that you're not going to like. And you're going to have to throw it out, right? It's just Throw it out as in the things you don't like. Not the Bible. Your, your oh, yeah, yeah, of exactly. Like. Yeah, okay. like, in your inner self, you're going to see a lot of things there that don't match what you should be doing, right? Well, I do it all the time. But yeah, all the time. 100%. Right. But then it's a constant struggle for you to take those things away, right? As you want Christ to live in you. You know, it's like the Word of God. It's a double-edged sword. Exactly. Able to discern the thoughts. It's not our thoughts that discern the Bible. It's the Bible that discern our thoughts. Mm-hmm. You don't go to a poor person on the street yeah. or someone who is oppressed and say, yeah. hey, can you interpret the Bible for me? <laughs> Exactly. Okay, I'm exaggerating the situation. No, no, yeah, kinda, but... kinda. Okay, this is the thing. And then a lot of Christian theologians and scholars did a statement on social justice and the gospel, right? Explaining the difference. Is this John MacArthur's statement? Right. Yeah, he was part of the statement. Yes. Yeah, right. And he was signed by Johnny Mac. Ma- <laughs> Johnny Boy. Johnny Boy is better, but okay. I was proud used to call him Johnny Mac, so I I'm know. gonna go with Johnny Mac. Yeah. He has he has an an, an affection for for both of them. But yeah, so after they posted the statement, right, which was solely based on the Bible, right, right, too based on the Bible, even yes, way too just, much just Bible. The Bible. <laughs> it was just Bible to the point that some Christians will say, "Wow, you use too much Bible," and I'm like, <laughs> "Excuse me, Linda, listen, but... you're trying to discern a, a society situation. You can't just use the Bible, man." Okay, I'm joking. Okay, I I'm know, sorry. but okay. but no, 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 no. <laughs> That's the point. This man is joking. But then you have... Somewhat, I'm joking. After, Mostly joking. After, after the statement of, on social justice and the gospel was released, Union Theological Seminary in New York... Oh, no. Released... Oh, you're going to read those released, horrendous tweets. I'm going to get a, angry. Not a statement. Oh, my gosh. Not a statement. Oh, no. They released tweets because that's how... How, how serious they are about the situation, right? They can't really... It needs to be urgent. You need to be urgent right. to talk about our right. mangled opinions. They say, one, upon scripture, 
while divinely inspired. Okay, while you're already putting a condition there <laughs> that doesn't exist. Okay, excuse me. While, yeah. While divinely inspired, we deny the Bible is inerrant or infallible. Wow. It was written by man over centuries and thus reflects both God's truth and human sin and prejudice. Wow. We, are, we affirm <laughs> that biblical scholarship and critical theory help us discern which messages are from God. <laughs> from the Bible! <laughs> so basically they hold critical theory in a higher regard than the Bible. For them, is biblical scholars and critical theory together is what you should use to interpret the Bible. And not let the Bible speak for itself. That's a problem. Okay, so, you know, in Brazil, okay. not only Brazil, everywhere, you can do things that are counterproductive, yep. right? <laughs> Very counterproductive. And sometimes you feel dumb. It's okay. Now, in regards to that, Second Peter, right? Second Peter 1, 16. It says... For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitness of his majesty. So, first of all, this is not something that, that we think or that, that we're just stories or heard of. Everything that, we, that we've written down for you, and by you they mean you, future, everybody that's reading, is things they were eyewitnesses to, Right? I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not... For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying... This is my son, my son, whom I love. Uh, with him, I am well pleased. We ourselves heard that voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Now, okay, before getting to the to the juice of it, you can see here how there is no interpretation. There is no, there is no, I think, or or what I understood from it, or right. like, all he says is. I was eyewitness, I received, he received, he was, he is, and then we heard this voice that came down, and we were with him on the sacred mountain, right? right? And then after he says, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain, we have also the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well paying attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy on scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Like, we could end the podcast here. Listen, what else do you need to bankrupt liberation theology? Yeah, right. Right? And then the, what I think is funny, right? Yep. Actually, you know how every stand-up artist says, oh, you know what I think is funny? And then they start their, their special. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what I think is funny, and that's not even that funny, it's actually tragic, 
is that the point they start at stops them from reaching their goal. If they came out from a point of the Bible is infallible and inerrant, yeah. they would reach the goal of, of justice on the end, right? right? Because that's the justice that Jesus came for, not right. social justice. And then when you read in 2 Timothy 3, right? They give you a solution to that, to all those problems, because apparently we should help the poor. We right? should. And, and we should do all those things, yep. right? 100%. Good works and all of this. Not being sarcastic, I agree. Exactly. Yep. Now, 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to read a bit earlier as well. Yeah, read it. I can't believe we're having to discuss this, man. Now nah, go do it. We need to. It's important. It says, How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I'm going to stop here for a minute. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, when he says that, you might ask, but why would I need that? Why would I need all scripture? Like, okay, all scripture is, is, is God-breathed. But why would I need it for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness? He explains that on the following verse. He says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, you need to know that this is true, because the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right. So how do you do good works without knowing the Bible? You use critical theory and biblical scholars. You might not be doing good works then. You're oppressing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're black. Yeah. No, go, go, go. Wow. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay. Go I love it. you. Yeah. Go from, oh, me. Yeah. Oh, my turn. Okay. Yeah, oh, jeez. Just give me the, the, the water. First. Of course. Now, oh, there's almost no more water left. We're drinking wow. so much. You, you do yourself. Boy. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this whole thing so problem number one when you don't believe that the bible is true or you believe that some of it is true or you're confused about it it's a really sad listen i know i i I say things and i'm a little bit mean sometimes but it's sad i can't like as a christian god god doesn't want to confuse people he loves people he sent jesus he sent his only son to die on a cross for people god doesn't want to confuse people god is not a god of confusion why god is sovereign he's in, he he is sovereign okay jesus the entire time and that's a really important thing i was not even gonna really talk so much about that right now but jesus the entire time spoke of a kingdom and that's the thing that people in, in liberation theology as well get it wrong because, the, oh no, but Jesus said, your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's true, he did. He taught us how to pray that, right? He spoke of a kingdom. In a kingdom, there's a king, mm-hmm. right? Who is that king? It's Jesus. He is the king, right? That means that in a kingdom, the king is in charge of everything. Okay? The king decides what happens. God is sovereign. God didn't 
God, when he created the world and Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't just decide, you know, I'm just going to sit back and you ruined your lives. Screw you, people. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. From the beginning of time, God is. He existed outside of time. He is, exists outside of time. He is. And his son, Jesus, is just as he is because Jesus is God too. And I had a, 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 a thing here that says 30% of evangelicals don't believe that Jesus is God. You are not a Christian if you don't believe that Jesus you is can. God. Excuse me. You, you are whatever. You can be whatever. You can be a spiritualist or whatever, a, a pagan, most likely a pagan, yeah. but you're not a Christian. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jesus is God also outside of time. Jesus is uncreated. He's eternally begotten son of God. That's in the Bible. Like he, God is in charge of everything. He loves people. How could you, if, especially people who are so much into God is love, God is love, God is love. How would a loving God go to the effort of sending his only son to die on the cross and yet give us a book that is confusing? Okay, no, that doesn't make any sense. This book has, God has been in charge of making sure that we have this book in our hands today. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that like an incredible show of love that God wants us to know him so much that he kept this protected from being destroyed, all right? And every, like every so often we find older and older manuscripts of the Bible that just confirm right. that the text that we already had was pretty accurate. You know how, how hard, how rare it is for it to be that accurate? And yes, there are like some differences and you can actually get now that I'm studying that I know about stuff, you can actually <laughs> get the uh, text that show you the difference. Oh, in this manuscript that they found, is actually this word was slightly different or whatever. And when people translate the Bible, they actually look at those things to make the best decision, mm -hmm. to, to make a proper, trans an accurate translation like the ESV, which is an accurate translation. And then when people come and mock the Bible by translating and adding words that don't exist in the Bible, like the, the, the passion, like what Little the actual, one? like what the heck, like it makes no sense. Right. But here's the thing. Jesus speaks of the kingdom. And that's like that's so important. That's just so important because he speaks of a kingdom. And here in, in I prepared so many verses, I don't even know if we'll get to, we're gonna have time to talk about them. We but will. in <laughs> no, we, we I don't better. know about that. We better. I don't know about that. But here's the thing. In um where is it? Where is it? In Corinthians. I think that's where I want to go now. Um here in first Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter five, right? It says this, For the love of Christ controls us. 14. Because we have concluded this, that once one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Because again, we're, we're in a kingdom. Okay? We get that in a moment. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that's that's the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And later on, he goes about to say other things. We'll get, we're going to get there later. But it, the Bible is full and filled with words like that. Okay, Jesus came to talk about a kingdom, a kingdom that is not of this earth. And the moment you die, the Bible also talks about 
the New Testament talks about the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam, Adam, God created, he sinned. And everything that came out of him is now part of the sin-filled kingdom of Adam. Everything that came out of Adam is full of sin. And that's why Jesus died on the cross. Well, one thing to satisfy God's wrath on the cross for, for our sins. And now that that was satisfied, God can forgive us, right? We're forgiven we have, we, we, with no sin. The Bible says the one who had no sin was made sin for us, right? Mm -hmm. When you die to this world, you are not part of this world anymore. You are now a new creation. There are some translations that say you're a new creature, but no, that's not what it says. It's a new creation. We're in a new level now. The, there's only two. There's a, a div, there's only one division that really matters. It's the division between those who were born of Adam and those who were born of Jesus. Jesus said, you, "If you want to be the, in the kingdom of God, you need to be born again." What does that mean to be born again? It means that you're you died to the to your flesh to Adam, and now you're born again in the kingdom of God, a kingdom who that is not of this world. That's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come to establish his kingdom on earth. At least not how people expected it to be. He's mm -hmm. establishing his kingdom on earth, an unseen kingdom that people cannot see and people will not see. Only the people who are born again and born of Jesus are able to see this kingdom. Mm -hmm. The people who were not born of Jesus think this is foolishness. Paul said, we preach the gospel. We preach Christ crucified. It's foolishness. You know, it's it's an abomination to the, to, to the Jews. And it's <laughs> foolishness to the Greeks because they want wisdom. And this is, this full, it's literally foolish. They don't understand. A, a guy, a, a Jewish boy was born and grew up and he was rejected by his own people and then crucified on a cross. And that's your savior and your king? This makes absolutely no, no sense. sense. And then the Jews want the signs. I mean... They had so many signs, and yet they didn't believe. Like, how? Right. Right. But they wanted more signs. I don't know. They wanted, They were expecting a king who was going to come and take over the Romans and kill all the oppression. You know, because the Bible prophesies of a Jesus who mm -hmm. came to save us from oppression and to save us the poor. And it's good news. Yeah. It's... No. Yeah. But, but then that's... And that's where the real problem lies. Because they were expecting a savior, you know, riding on a horse to deliver them from... He was he, he rode to Jerusalem on a on a donkey. <laughs> similar, right? Similar. It's pretty similar, yeah. I guess. It's like Shrek arriving on, on donkey to get the princess, <laughs> to get Fiona. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, and she's like, huh, okay. I so guess. Shrek is basically an image of Jesus, is that what you're saying? No? According to the images we have, Jesus would be more like Lord Farquaad, you know? In the, in the, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway carry on yeah yeah anyways uh the main problem that we have in regards to that would be that you have to adjust your expectations right right the main reason why jesus was rejected is that people didn't understand they couldn't comprehend what was oppression yeah they thought oppression was something totally different you're like oh no Whenever our king comes, he's going to slay Caesar. He's going to tear apart the Roman Empire. All right. Right? And then Jesus comes. He lives. He's rejected. 
he's crucified. Not only he's crucified, he says, it is done. It is finished. Yeah. So basically, he came, he said, oh, it's finished, but there are still slaves. So did right. he really rid the world of, of, of oppression? No, but Paul at did. The end of it? Didn't he? <laughs> His disciples you... did. The, the, the early dis- the, 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 the apostles. Didn't they? Didn't they continue the revolutionary work of Jesus Bro, to, to liberate <laughs> the poor and the, and, and the oppressed? No. No, they did not. No. Not no. as people think that's, they did. That's not. And here's the thing, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. Because whenever, whenever, exactly. People, whenever people go to oppression, it gets, for them, is a touchy subject, right? And I cannot. Why is it touchy? The Bible I, is full of reference to oppression. Right, right, right. But for them, oppression is a different thing. Right. It, it's, it's the thing. Of 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 interpretation and, and understanding of, of the word and what's actually meant by it in the Bible. And when you when you go through it, if, if you talk to any pastors, I have talked to so many pastors that have no idea of of what oppression is. Most of it because they're not really pastors. They did two years of leadership <laughs> and they think they're pastors. Like seriously making some comments like that makes my lungs hurt sometimes of how bad theology it is, right? <laughs> but then if you go to the Bible look after your or- look after your organs properly man right I, I have to okay. it really no, makes continue. my it really makes my lungs <laughs> yeah. hurt but really whenever you go to the Bible you you can understand clearly what type of oppression Jesus was talking about really right? oh is the Bible that oh, clear a hundred percent can you believe oh, that maybe God wants to tell us something really <laughs> that's check this out yep right so so first of all Using, using the text that they use, so liberation theology, two things that you got to know about liberation theology, they're going to use a lot of exodus, right? Because they're going to they're gonna try to justify whatever they do by Moses freeing the people. From... You mean God freeing the people? No. <laughs> Not God. In using theory, Moses? In theory, the guy who didn't even want to be used? It, Yes. Yeah, try to run away from Ex- it. Exactly. No, the, gu- the guy who grew up in the palace. Yes, and for them, that's a political move. Wow. It's just a political. It's nothing but a political move wow. from Moses from taking this people, his right. people out. You know, <laughs> right? And that's the oppression right there. Now the thing is, in Hebrew, as you're probably learning, as I'm probably learning. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I okay. assume. I, I assume yeah, you okay. are. Yeah. Right? I'm learning so many things. I'm a genius. Go. <laughs> right. That is true. <laughs> boy never okay, takes. Sorry. Boy, boy never takes less than distracting nine. Distracting you. In a test. We're gonna finish this like. In in yeah. Hebrew. The word freedom. And the word re- redemption, are often, alternated. Okay. And in Exodus, a lot of times people would deliberately only use the word freedom. But not redemption. But not redemption. Mm. Right? And it's easier for you to to put your political scapegoats when you have a word as freedom because but not, it's... Right. But not redemption. Redemption right. is, is something more... more serious. Mm. It's something... You cannot temper with it as much. And then they usually go to, to, to some parables like the lost sheep. Right? Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're going to read. Then Jesus told them this, this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and go home. 
Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and say, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. It is, it is beautiful, right? It is beautiful. It, when, when correctly interpreted, this passage is beautiful. And here, a lot of people are going to say, you see, uh, especially liberation theology, critical race theory, people are going to say, this is what you guys are, are trying to avoid with Black Lives Matter. Because the, 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 the lost sheep, you know, like you're, you're all here saying all lives matter, but your all lives are, are the 99, you know, and we have to go after the, the oppressed one that is a black life, but they don't finish reading the text. Oh no. Right. Oh no. The next verse, <laughs> the next verse, right. I'm going to go back oh, one yeah, yeah, yeah. and it says, right. Uh, and he goes home. He calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I'll tell you that in the same way, there will be n there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not repent, who do not need to repent. Okay. So who are the lost sheep then? Lost sheep here are not your black life matter uh activism yeah lost sheep is not your 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 lgbtqa xw community the lost sheep are sinners lgbtq plus it's easier anyway yeah the sinners of course exactly which is the, the community it, that you just mentioned that too but everyone, and me too yes and you and too me. like everyone is a sinner it's shocking everyone isn't it? is, oh, that's huh. the point people People take things very personally, and they should sometimes. Stop thinking as a group. Stop thinking that you are what you feel like you are, right? Because if you think that you are what you think you are, you are underselling yourself in the kingdom of heaven. Because what, what God thinks of you is way more than what anyone in that group that you identi identify yourself with is ever going to think of you or understand of you. You don't understand yourself as much as God does. Right. Which is why a lot of times when you try to, to go by what you feel, you start to feel depressed. You know, the solution and the, and the, and the root of a problem cannot be on the same place. You cannot say I'm depressed. I have anxiety. I have all of this. and believe that by yourself, by your own strength, the same flesh that puts you down that hole is going to take you out. Right. You do not have the strength to do that, you know? And, and then, and then when you go to, to to that argument specifically, they say because the oppressed the the main the main point can you read again the the thing of of liberation theology sure. and and how they believe in in the socially oppressed liberation theology is a movement that attempts to interpret scripture through the plight of the poor. True followers of Jesus, according to liberation theology, must work toward a just society, bring about social and political change, and align themselves with the working class. Jesus, who was poor himself, focused on the poor and outtrodden. And any legitimate church will give preference, get that word, preference, to those who have historically been marginalized and deprived of their rights. And, and a legitimate church. Any legitimate church. Any legitimate church, right. You know who they sound like? Who do they sound like? The people that saw Jesus talking to Zacchaeus. Oh, yeah. The what tax the, collector. The guy, he, he was a tax collector. Right? He was an evil man. He was oppressing Right. People. He was an oppressor. He was taking, he was, you know, taking advantage of people. Yeah. Making more money than he should. Charging double for kids. Yeah. You know? And people on, on liberation theology, you know, 
Black Lives Matter, any movement like that, would probably be, be, be would probably be like the people in Luke 19, verse 7, that says, I'm going to read a bit earlier to give you some context. Uh, a, main, uh, a name, blah, 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 blah. by the name of Zacchaeus, yep. he was a man, he was a chief of tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see Jesus, but he was short and could not see over the crowd. <laughs> I feel like they just put that there for fun, you know? They're like, oh yeah, he was short. So he ran ahead. Poor guy, written eternally in the Bible was right. Oh, this he was guy short. short. Yeah. <laughs> so he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig well? tree. I feel like he was because he was very short, you know, like Napoleon complex. He was like George Costanza pretty much. Did he wear glasses? I think he was more like Devon Troy. <laughs> okay, let's, you sorry. Know? I'll stop distracting. The, the, Carry the on. Oh, God. Yeah. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, this is what black... Now, he's an oppressor, right? He's the worst. What? He's the worst of the, the worst. worst he's, he's the rich. Yeah. He's the, the, the oppressor. Almost worse than Paul. He, oh. Paul was worse. That, than that's him. hard. That's yeah. hard. That's hard. Paul says that it's hard. Yeah. And then what people on the Black Lives Matter movement or any other movement like that, LGBTQ, would say would be what says in verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Wow. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, 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 look, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man is too a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Then he came to seek and save the the, the socially oppressed. He didn't come to, to, to seek and save the the only the LGBTQ community. Right. Right? The lost. And who were the lost? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. I was lost. Yeah. You were lost. Yeah. You know, Jesus found me. Half of the million people listening to this podcast right now were 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 lost. It's more like a beating, you know. Really, true, true. We we making moves here. <laughs> yes, and and what surprises me is that people really, really take take pride in saying that they are part of a movement, you know, and saying, "Oh no, I did this" or "or I did that," right? You know, as if that's gonna gonna make a difference at the end of the day. As if that's really gonna gonna make him. No, but Jesus said in, in Matthew to 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 give stuff to the poor. Oh no! He says here that when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites <laughs> do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they might be praised. Truly, I say to you, you have received; they have received their reward. Ooh. Anyway. Yes, they have. Continue. No, <laughs> well, I, had, I had it open it, it on is, that verse. It I is. It, it, that's the main point, right? You know what that F2 reminds you, me of? Everything is the main point. I you love know, it. You know, so you, know, you know what that reminds me of? What? Sounding trumpets. It's like, if you're on Instagram and you're not posting a black square right oh, now, no. I'm taking Don't notes. Don't be like Gabriel Finocchio and yeah. post a red square I see instead. You. I see you and I'm yeah. taking notes, right? Yeah. Because oppression is real. The amount of people and who told him that he should delete that is so funny. Right? It's and it's, <laughs> no, honestly, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's madness. It is madness. We're getting to a point 
Yeah, Pharisees. That that eighty percent of it's not nice to call people that, right? But they are like they follow this law yeah. that is not even biblical. It's like yeah. a law passed by by word of mouth, yeah. just like Which the Pharisees. Which, by the way, yeah, did. something that we have to say in another podcast yeah. about Jesus being a Pharisee or not. He probably, yeah, probably yeah. was yeah. kind of yeah. yeah. But now, main point with all of that, yeah, right? At least to to try to to bring it home a bit right yeah. to take a knee and, well, i have and, a plan and, to bring it home already exactly. but are you yeah. bring it home yeah. i always have to have yeah. the final word oh man. beautiful beautiful. <laughs> beautiful i'm joking yeah now when people think about the kingdom especially nowadays if you go to a church that only says you're such a legend or that only says that that you and your you, Stephen you Furtick situation you, you, and you love you love picking on the guy oh no, no, no i'm not only talking about Stephen Furtick. i'm talking about the pigs, man. You are so important because of the pigs. Anyway, sorry. Oh my say. gosh. If you have heard this <laughs> preaching of I'm, I'm Stephen Furtick, you should. Okay? When he talks that, that, that stop, about stop. the pigs and you... Okay, I'll stop talking that's, about that's, Stephen Furtick. That's, that's very important. Okay, you, that's continue. Very important. you continue. Now, when people think about the kingdom of God because of all this new wave of non-denominational churches, first of all, the thing of a denomination it was to, to help you have some guidelines on, okay. on, on belief. Yeah. But being non-denominational... Doesn't mean it's a bad church, though. Oh, no, no, yeah, 100% but not. I'm not continue. saying that every non-denomination... I go to a non-denominational church. have to go church. here and defend. The, uh, yeah, I uh, go for a non-denominational church. Right, okay. Right? Well, continue. And, and you know it. At the same time, they have some guidelines. They're really Anglican, but sure. <laughs> right, which I'm not. I'm Baptist. And that's the, the situation that, that, that I find okay, myself but anyway, in. anyway, continue. Right? Finish what you I'm, want to I'm, say. I'm going I'm to take my time. I'm going to take my time. We're having so much fun here. People. Right, right. Uh, so to go to my point and you could shut up I'll be quiet now right? I'll stop talking about Furtick <laughs> and the I, pigs yeah. okay when people think about the kingdom coming because they have this this very positive overview this very this very almost ludicrous view of 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 how things should be they think that Jesus is gonna is gonna come and that the kingdom that that he he establishes on earth is this this lovey-dovey, everybody walk, you know, like hands together to the sunset, you know, and staying in Kuji Beach, taking a sigh. It'd be more, more beautiful than Kuji Beach. Right. Yeah. It'd be probably, made of gold. Probably. I feel like it'd be and like... And the water made of tears of saints. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway. honestly, when, when, just, Luke is amazing. Honestly, the book of Luke... It's one of my favorite books in the New Testament. Because he was a doctor. He was a really important man. That too, yes. He was a rich man. I like people that can hear me, you know? <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Now, Jesus is talking about here uh, overall warnings and encouragements to the church. And he says a lot of things that are very good. And he says a lot of things that are also very good, <laughs> but that as humans, people will be afraid and will be scared oh, of, right? Okay. Because... They thought, oh, the, the, the Savior, he should be nice, right? And lovey-dovey. He should be nice. And then you go to Luke 12. Yeah. And being part of the kingdom is hard sometimes. Yeah. So if I am to... to Honestly, if I am to, to lose my job because of, of my opinions, it's it's worth it. Like, my faith is, is worth more right. than, than jobs and, and all of this. And you know that. Like, right. We've, we've been through that a lot. Mm-hmm. If you really think that the Bible is is about social justice and is about no one let go 
off of anyone's hand and, and things like this. Okay. Like that's, I have that's, no that's idea not, where this is going. I'm that's very not excited what it for is. this. That's, that's, that's not what it is about. I'm just, I'm just setting expectations, right? Got, okay. Because the, the, the main expectation tell us, of tell people, us what it's about. The, the main expectation of, of, of people is going to be in part that, that everything's going to be perfect and that uh, when I become a Christian, everything's going to be beautiful forever for everyone. And everyone will be included. And everybody's going to take the message of Christ if you only speak with love. Mm-hmm. And that's absurd. Not even your own family is going to take the word of Christ. Oh, hopefully they will. Yeah, yeah. But but, <laughs> but, but they Christ, might not. Right? And, 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 and if they don't, Christ warns about that. Okay, right? tell us. Tell us and how. it says, Luke 12. Luke 12. I'm going to read from verse uh, 49 because we don't have a lot of time. Right? But it says, I have come to bring fire on the earth. And how I wish it was already kindled. What? But I have Who said a, that? Jesus. Oh, no. Okay. How I wish it was already... How I wish you were already burning. Right? <laughs> but I have a baptism to undergo. And what constraint I'm under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you. But division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two. Two against three. They will be divided father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Yes. And uh, the social justice warriors and people who believe in liberation theology get that text to say that you should be an activist because Jesus said he came to bring the sword. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just as jesus did he went and it was an activist for the oppressed right but no okay and this is the point this is the point then what is the gospel all about what is the kingdom of god all about i think the reason why this is so important and the reason why it it, it makes me sad it makes me like first of all it makes me sad when when i see things that say even 20 percent of evangelicals or 30 percent of evangelic evangelicals don't believe that jesus is god because that means they're not saved. Because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in, in that, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God. And the Bible itself, it 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 Jesus is God. So it's it's sad. It's a really sad statistics. And it's even sadder because there are people that are teaching that stuff to other people. Mm-hmm. People who are lost and really, really, really oppressed. Mm-hmm. And they want and they are looking for God and they find someone who teaches them garbage and that that is sad and even more it's like it's just the whole thing is just so sad okay and it's a disservice to people and in James it says later that no one people shouldn't shouldn't want to be a teacher not everyone should want to be a teacher because teachers will be judged more strictly mm-hmm. we I'm aware that whatever I say here, people who don't know Jesus might listen to this. And if I say something that is not right, one day, mm-hmm. God is going to ask me about it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I better know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I better, you know, okay. But, Jesus came and his message is the good news, the gospel. And there's, when people make that a materialistic message, because in essence, liberation theology 
is based on Marxism. And I know people, oh, Marxism, you use the word Marxism and da, 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 da. It's not like, it's not completely based on Marxism, but some aspects of Marxism, okay? And you don't even need to mention Marxism for people to know that. It, it, right. And when you mention Marxism, some people are like, oh, Marxism is like calling someone a Nazi, which I think I did the other day on Instagram. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Remember? That was funny. <laughs> but <laughs> it, the thing is, you lose the argument when you say that. But here's the thing. Here, hear me out. The thing about Marxism is it's very materialistic ideology. It's all about the money and it's all about the work and it's all about class and it's all about this class is oppressed and the workers and the people who are oppressed. Jesus, the kingdom of God, is transcends that. The kingdom of God is not a materialistic kingdom. And when we come to people and say, oh, look at your oppression, you're poor and you need help because people hate you. That is sad. And yes, as Christians, we should. We It's our, it's our job as well to look after those people. As individuals. Right. Not as a group. I forget about this group, this whole class thing. This is just BS. Like it's it's, unbi it's unbiblical and it's just sad, right? It, it's not helpful. First of all, it's not helpful. You can come with this from many, many points, secular points even, like scientific points. And debunk all this this madness, but from the from the biblical perspective, Jesus came to establish a kingdom that is beyond. It's not materialistic. It's not a materialistic kingdom. He, okay, Jesus didn't feed other than feeding the five thousand after he preached to them for such a long time. He didn't feed people. He didn't clothe people. And when a woman came and wasted all her money on a perfume for Jesus, and the guy who, by the way, is the one who betrayed Jesus, said, oh, what a waste of money. We should have given this to the poor. Jesus said, well, the poor you're going to have with you always. You know, she's preparing me for burial. And I'm like, what? Jesus, don't you understand? You came for the oppressed and stuff. And of course, mm -hmm. people are going to have like all sorts of rationalizations of why Jesus said that and whatever. And of course, Jesus was not dismissing the poor. But when we teach people that the greatest oppression is money or food or ratio and even though as the church we should be loving people right but when we teach people that we are preaching a myopic gospel because we're missing the point jesus said in matthew okay this do not be anxious about your life what you eat or what you drink nor about your body what you put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than, of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which stays alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious about, about anything, saying, What shall I eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus is setting a hierarchy of what is important here, and the most important thing is the kingdom of God. And the oppression that Jesus came to save people from is the greatest oppression that afflicts humanity, which is sin. We are all suffering because we're born of Adam. All of us. In Romans, Paul starts by saying, 
oh, look at all the sinners. Look how evil they are. You know, look, they're doing all these things. They're sinning and they're doing this and they're doing that. And they are worshiping the creation more than the creator. Right? And and then, because he was writing to, to, to the Gentiles, they, they led it to the church in Rome, which is mostly not really Jews, right? And then the people who were righteous were like, oh, yeah, wow, look at Paul saying, oh, good, he's... he's, he's judging all these people and condemning all these people. And then later he says, what about you people who obey the law, who do exactly the same things? If you, if you judge them and you do the same things, you're under the same judgment. And the whole point that he's saying later on is that we are all sinners and we need salvation. All of us. And then there's that passage that people love, the passage in Luke when the, 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 the prostitute comes and washes people's sin, people, people, uh, Jesus' feet. Mm -hmm. Right? And is it Simon, the guy who's in Jesus' house? He's in this rich guy's house. And then the guy's like, oh my gosh, what is it? why did you let this woman do that to you? And then Jesus like, I'm paraphrasing here, right? You go to your Bible and read it. To the one who is forgiven much, the one who loves much. And Jesus is not saying, <laughs> Jesus is not saying that she's more of a sinner than the guy that he was talking to was. They were both sinners. But he didn't recognize that he was a sinner. Jesus came to save sinners. If we don't tell people that they are sinners, they cannot be saved. They might be in Luke as well. Yeah, I think it's I think it's in Luke, yes. If people don't know that they are sinners, they cannot be saved. It's it, and and when we when we fail, when we fail to preach the gospel as is. Because we want to reach more people or whatever. Because we want to be more relevant. Because we want to be actual and, I don't know, whatever. Be you know, a, a nice personality that people will follow and, and whatever. And, and we're going to reach, oh, no, but these people, they don't want to know about the Bible. So let's reach them in a different way. If they don't want to know about the Bible, well, maybe, well, you know. I don't know. But here's the thing. The, the gospel doesn't need to be changed to reach people. The message of the gospel it, it is relatable to every single human being because every single human being is a terrible, terrible sinner in, in, oppressed by sin, slaves to sin. That's, what the, that's the word that the Bible uses, slaves to sin. You know, the Bible doesn't actually, the Bible is not against slavery nor for slavery. The Bible actually, in the, in the Old Testament, regulated slavery so it will be a humane thing, as in, Look mm -hmm. after your servants, and after seven years they are free. And there was all these rules to be followed because God was putting it, everyone is equal. Okay, I, everyone has the same value, mm -hmm. and we can talk about that another time. There's, yeah. there's no time to yeah. talk about that. Yeah. But the point I'm making is, Bible that. used the institute of slavery that existed at the time to make a point, a greater point about the kingdom of God. And I'm not saying we shouldn't abolish slavery or whatever. No, it's not what I'm saying, right? It's, it's good. It's a good. And again, the slavery at the time of the Bible is very different. Again, a different topic for a different yeah. day. Back to the top. Yeah, back to. But the... the Bible uses the things that people knew about, such as slavery, to make the point: you were slave, you were slaves to sin, but now you were free. You were bought, and that's the thing that is like it's fascinating to me. You were bought at a price. What does that mean? What does that mean? Just think about a slave market that people came mm -hmm. or whatever, a server market, whatever you want to call. If you slave is like the word that you don't like. 
and then people come to offer money. Oh, that one, that one looks okay. I'm gonna give, I don't know, 5,000 denarii. I don't know, it's probably a lot of money at that time. I'll give this much money for that one. That one, oh, a little bit old and crooked, uh, maybe 10 or something. Listen, we are the ones who were eating the pig's food. Not even the pig's food because they couldn't eat the pig's food. Like the, 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 the prodigal son. How much money do you think anyone would give to the guy who was lost and had no money and was eating with the pigs? Nothing. But Jesus paid with his blood and paid for us and bought us. And the Bible uses that, that image of bought as if God bought you as a slave and now you are a slave of Jesus. You are to worship the king. Dolus. Right, the laws. It means slave. It literally means we create all this Bible, the words in the Bible. Bone a servant. servant. Bone servant. No. Servant. No. It means slave. Paul, mm -hmm. a slave to Christ. Okay. Because God bought us. He bought us with the blood of his only son, Jesus. And that is the message of the gospel. That we're now slaves to God. And we are to obey him and of course of course in that obedience it means yes we need to love people mm. and we need to care for people but the primary the primary message of the gospel is not let's go and liberate people let's go and, and protest let's go not no there's <laughs> nowhere in the bible nowhere the bible advocates for that if anything the opposite exactly exactly paul was not interested in doing that he spent his whole. He was arrested. He wasn't arrested because he was he was uh, abolishing slavery. He was arrested because he was preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. He was proclaiming Jesus as king of a kingdom that people couldn't see. But the kings they were threatened. They were like, "What? Jesus is king? What? Yeah. What is going and on?" And what did he ask for? Did he ask for for people to show up and kneel at the at the at the door <laughs> of the jail, or did he ask for prayer? Right. You know, keep me in your prayers <sighs> constantly. You we know? need to preach the gospel, man. People mm -hmm. need to hear this message. They need to know they are sinners. The moment you come to people and treat them, again, in... Um... And the, the, the point, even in Luke, as, as you were saying, Luke 7, we try to, to, to act... Whenever we get to this, this mentality, it gets to a point where it looks like we're superior to people. It might look like we're superior to people. And I, I don't mean us. I mean people that usually adopt this theology. Right. They have... Uh, uh, There's a lot of that. Of like, oh, I can help you. I'm white. Exactly. I'm privileged. Let Ex me let me help you. Exactly. And like, and there's there's nothing like that. Shut up. You know. And and or or the judgment that comes with it. You know, it's like, it's like... wait, are you really gonna let him school you? Like, isn't isn't he white? Like, it's basically a sin, right? You just they, they're creating sin and law and where it doesn't exist. Right. And it's actually the opposite. You. You chose a very good text because, again, as I already mentioned 20 times, Luke is a great book. It is a great book. And the full story, right, when Jesus is at the Pharisee's house, uh, Simon, once the woman goes to his feet, uh, I'm going to read from 38. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then sh she wiped them with her hair, kissed him, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him. He never said that he said it. 
he said that he thought about it. Right. He, that he said to himself. Well, he knew. He knew. <laughs> right? He said to himself. Maybe it's because he was God. Right. Right? <laughs> Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will be loved more? Will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus said, you judge correctly. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped her with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, for the time I enter, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have now been forgiven, as her great love has, has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Like, bruh. Right. Can you not understand the death of the gospel by this passage? Like, this text always gets to me, man. Right. It's a good text, here, man. Bro. You know, like... You are that woman. I'm, I'm, oh! I am that woman. 100%. Simon was that woman. He just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the... When we're cloaked in self-righteousness... and we, that, Here's the point. I don't do that. I don't do this podcast to judge people. Only Steve Frederick. <laughs> Only Steve Frederick. <laughs> I'm joking. But again, he's going to be judged harshly anyway, so I don't oh, need to. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. I don't do this podcast to, to judge people. I believe that we have the best intentions in mind. Yes, of course. Right? And at the same time, I believe that, that a good point that is not... It's never enough to stress is that salvation is individual. Of course. If you were cloaked in righteousness, if you think that that you know everything, you know, and that you are better than someone because you believe something or you follow some page or that you use cream for for some change, you don't. Mm. The main point for me in this passage is look at yourself. Yes. Right? 100%. It's like, but why Why would Jesus forgive someone that is a white supremacist? Look at you. Why would Jesus forgive you? Why would Jesus forgive me? Like, honestly, from the sinners. Right. We're the worst. From the sinners, I'm the worst. Maybe not as, as bad as Paul, but I'm joking, I'm, man. <laughs> bruh. That man, you know? So, so and, and that's why he got it. Of course. He, he, People he, don't understand. He, would, he was persecuting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah. was oppressing Jesus. Hundred percent. And he was forgiven, chosen by God, mm-hmm. not of his own righteousness. He didn't do anything for it. 
Yeah. He was on his way mm-hmm. to kill Christians. Yeah. <laughs> and God was thing. like, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? And God went and found him. Yeah. The lost sheep. Right? I love it. All right, let me finish with this. And then oh. we're good. Because uh, we've been talking for one hour. And, wow. Yeah. It's been, this is a good one. Yeah. Thank you for listening so far, by the yeah. way. Uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 6. He will render to each one which one according to his works to those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality he will give eternal life but for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth what is the truth by the way (laughs) what is the truth but obey unrighteousness there will be wrath and fury there will be tribulation and distress for every every human being who does evil, the Jew first, and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. That means that God will judge people with fairness and equally. He's not going to look to the rich and be like, oh, you're rich. I'll give you some leniency. He's not going to look to the poor and be like, oh, you're poor. That's okay. You're a sinner, but you're forgiven, even though you never uh, you never believed in the truth. No, 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 no. You're a Jew. You're a Greek. You're rich. You're poor. You're black. You're white. You're from South America. You're f- from Africa. God will judge every individual human being exactly the same. Did you obey the law? Did you fulfill the law? If you didn't, you are toast. If you did, you were saved. Of course, we can't fulfill the law. But Jesus said, it is finished. He fulfilled the law for us. And that's why we're saved by faith and grace in Jesus alone. Because none of us can fulfill the law. No. God is not going to look at your Instagram and see like, oh, you defended all these causes. You get a pass. No, 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 no. It will be, did you believe in my only son, Jesus? Which is what is... is, is it's concerning. People are spending hours on Instagram oh, gosh, debating don't, this. Don't, don't judge me. Debating. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like people, people are spending hours on Instagram debating those things. And at the end of the day, preach the like, gospel, man. It's it's the they don't understand that this is the only thing that can actually change the outcome of anything. Of course, you might you might bring more people to be anti-racist, but you're all gonna burn in hell. Unless you believe in Jesus Christ. Self-righteousness doesn't mean anything to God. Really? Like, right. not even only self-righteousness. If fame, clout chasing, none of that means anything. You might have two million followers. You might post anything about racism. And you might meet with Obama every week with Al Sharpton and, and, and oh, like... Gosh. And Reverend like, Al Sharpton, excuse me. Oh, no. He's so... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, you might meet with all these people. All of that falls short. Oh, anyone. None of that matters. Like if you you're do. if you're if you're if you're listening to that, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time in your life. Well, congratulations. And there's one thing that you need to know. Nothing that you do in this earth is gonna last, yeah. or is gonna matter. And if you look and you seek. 
and you and you, and you only pray for things in this earth, you might end up with a good chance of having a miserable life. If you if you think that money or that success or that a good job or that a family are going to satisfy you, you are unfortunately wrong. The only thing that can satisfy you is Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us and what he brings to us and what we are able to bring to him. That is nothing but sin. Right. And still he loves us. Right. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for listening and watching oh. and uh, we'll see you next time. That will probably be in two months given how, how often we record this. Right. That's why we gave you an hour and 20 minutes of it because yeah. I know you've been missing us so much. Right. But please yeah. go on podcasts and stuff like Apple Podcasts and whatever other podcasts and give us a five-star review yeah. so other people may find out about it and hear me telling what's asking what's wrong with you people because who doesn't <laughs> want to hear that? What is wrong with you people? <laughs> but seriously, stop, yeah. stop reading the passion translation okay yes. that's it okay yeah. bye <laughs>